less than 20% of all Irish independent retailers, they don't have websites. So they're not selling online at all. So they're like pretty much 100% relying on, on footfall into their shops to actually sell their products. So we wanted to give them a place um, where they could do that. And then, of course, the coronavirus came. Like We actually weren't due to launch for another uh, two months. Welcome to Girls With Gold. I'm Neve Marr. Thank you so much to everybody who listened and engaged with our finance episode last week. Hopefully it helped some of you. It definitely helped me. This week, we're looking a little bit more at business. And later on in the show, uh, we're going to be talking about robots and cobots in particular. So don't freak out. I have a very small knowledge. I had some ill-fated Tamagotchis in my time, but we're talking about a slightly different type of cobot. The big question, of course, is will a robot or a cobot steal my job in 2020? So I'm going to be talking to Samantha Cummins-Byrne of Universal Robots about that. Some really fascinating stuff and some incredible online resources where you can go and get a huge amount of knowledge about automation, which I think we all need to do at this time. It's all about upskilling. But first... We're going to talk a little bit about business here in Ireland. So there's a new fashion app that has been released. It's been around for a little while now. It's Irish, but it does have big global plans. It's aiming to help Irish retailers combat the kind of mass fast fashion corporations while giving back to communities as well. So I caught up with Lauren Murphy earlier on today. She's the chief marketing officer with Bizu. And take a listen. So I'm joined now on the line by Lauren Murphy, who is the Chief Marketing Officer with Bizu. It is a new fashion app that's aiming to revolutionize retail for independent business. So Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show today. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me, Neve. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Before we talk about the app, and uh, I'm really excited to learn all about Bizu. It sounds fascinating. But before we talk about it, I want to talk a little bit about yourself. So tell me how you got involved in this particular job and this entire industry. I will. So about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, I was doing um, a talk uh, for women in business for Image magazine. Um, and of course, there's loads of kind of, uh, I suppose, fashion-focused uh, female entrepreneurs um, at the talk. And uh, Lana Gregan, who is one of the co-founders, she came up to me after the talk and she was actually running a different business at the time. It was called Dress Up Market. Um, and she just wanted some advice. Um, I, I was doing a talk on social media, specifically on um, how to use social media basically to grow your business. And we met there, basically. Uh, and then she uh, created Bizu like a year and a half ago um, with our other co-founder, who's Greg Kavanagh. Um, and then they needed someone to head up the marketing department. So she got back in touch with me then, literally like a, like a year and a half later. And uh, she asked me to join. And I was delighted. Like my background is uh, in marketing and I'm mad about fashion. So it seemed like a very kind of natural uh, step for me to join the team. Amazing. And I suppose, you know, with, with something like Bizu, it's so interesting, especially at this time, because obviously, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And so you know, the bricks and mortar aspect of shopping is pretty much out the window at the moment. So I want to kind of delve mm. into that that a little bit. But I mean, in terms of the overall industry, when it comes to, you know, retail and, and people purchasing, how, how do you think that's going to change when we kind of come back from this? So it'll be interesting to see 
how it changes. Like a, a lot of the questions we're saying, like in the in like when we're on our conference calls and in our WIPs and stuff, is you know, are people going to be comfortable enough to actually go back into retailers when all of this uh, changes? So it is a good time, obviously, for for B2 to come about. You know, when we created B2 like a, a year and a half ago, it was very much with the view to give small bricks and mortar stores, as you said, uh, independent retailers, a place where they could sell online. Like a huge amount of our retailers and actually less than 20% of all Irish independent retailers, they don't have websites. So they're not selling online at all. So they're like pretty much 100% relying on on footfall into their shops to actually sell their products. So we wanted to give them a place um, where they could do that. And that's why we created Bizu. And then, of course, the coronavirus came. Like we actually weren't due to launch for another uh, two months. But uh, our account managers who deal directly with the retailers, they were getting phone calls from small business owners, like desperate phone calls, uh, begging us to bring the launch of the app forward because their sales had literally gone from obviously 100% all the way down to uh, zero. Uh, So like we launched last Friday and we're getting like the most amazing feedback from retailers who are saying, you know, we have had the first sales that we've had at all since lockdown, since you launched. Um, which is yeah. really, really positive. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, I suppose, when this all ends and, you know, I imagine it will be kind of a cured approach to lifting the lockdown and when retailers do open their doors again, even if there is hesitation in terms of people actually going into stores, at least now they have Bizu, uh, where they can shop online. Yeah. And, like, it's interesting, like, we're, there's kind of two things. One is that we're seeing a huge... Um, outpouring of public support like people are act, like literally actively looking for a way that they can uh, support local retail because they have friends and family and people down the road like whose like, whole businesses have just are on their knees and they are looking to support local and they are uh, shopping online and then the second part of it then is that we're actually seeing people like our main seller at the moment in the app is loungewear so women's loungewear mm. and men's loungewear so sign of the times obviously everyone's at home but people are also yeah. buying like occasion wear and summer dresses like this will end you know it's not we're not going to be in lockdown forever and people are buying um summer dresses and clothes for when we do come out of lockdown like I bought a whole load of summer dresses um last weekend in the app yeah and like I actually do want to say this because uh my boyfriend was laughing at me like I opened the door and there is two um delivery boxes at the door and like I nearly went completely nuts like I was so <laughs> delighted because I had oh, yeah. any deliveries at all and I was like trying them on and I was so happy with myself and it gave me such uh, just gave me such a boost, like to do a bit of online shopping, like, and it was the dresses are fab, like, and I know that some poor retail owner who is like actually terrified yeah. at the moment has gotten the money. So it's really, it's really positive, like in, in loads of different ways. Even I mean, I, I, we're going I, I, through a really tough time. Yeah, and and it is a tough time, and I know that people are. You know, last week we did a whole episode on finance, and and people are a lot more careful as well about what they are spending their money on yeah. um, these days, which is completely understandable as well. But I found it really interesting what you said there about um, the amount of Irish retailers who do have. Uh, or who don't rather have that kind of e-commerce element to their businesses. And I suppose, do you think that that's kind of, is that just hearkening back to the the love of the small Irish boutique? And has there been a reluctance for small Irish retailers to get into that because of the competition for, say, fast fashion retailers? 
Yes, completely. And like, it's actually only a stat that I have for Ireland. I wonder how many uh, or what the, you know, what the percentage is worldwide. I actually don't know. But in Ireland, like, there's a number of things that retailers who, who do sign up with us say to us. So the feedback we're getting is like, oh, we thought it was going to cost a fortune. And indeed, if they were to create their own website, it would cost them a fortune. Like it could cost anything between like five to 10,000 euro to actually create like a big website. And then creating a website is one thing, but, you know, you have to drive people to the website as well, which is like a whole marketing budget that these small independent retailers just do not have. So the cost is one thing. And then the second thing is know-how. So they're like, oh, you know, I don't know how to translate my business online. I don't know how to photograph my stock in a way like that would be of the quality, like standard of quality that you would put them uh, on the website. And those are two things that we very much address with these So completely free for retailers to sign up to these to use it. We're never, mm. ever going to charge the retailers a subscription fee, which is like unheard of in this kind of a business model. Like typically they charge, like typically... Uh, any kind of a service like this, they charge uh, the retailers, say, 10% commission on their sales. So we'll never do that. Yeah. Um, and then the second part of it then is the know-how. So as I said, like small independent retailers, they, some of them don't even have like Facebook or Instagram pages. So every yeah. retailer that's onboarded in BC, they have, they're partnered with an account manager. So that account manager helps them with the onboarding because like some of them aren't even familiar with using a computer. Like yeah. um, they help them with the onboarding. They help them with their photography. Like we have a really good guide, photography guide in terms of e-commerce photography. But also like there's this added layer now with the coronavirus. Like they, they can't get models because obviously there's social distancing. They're finding it really hard to get professional photographers. And we ha- we're uh, partnering loads of our independent retailers with uh, photographers in their local area and organizing like social distancing uh, photography shoots and yeah. stuff like that. So we very much are with the retailer at every uh, step of the journey to help them um, because it, it's the, the behavior of going online with Irish retailers just isn't there. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds as well, I, like the whole... Well, the fashion industry in general is an incredibly daunting place, and I mean, obviously, there's yeah. the big hit, the big hitters, and you know, they're kind of in a in a realm of their own, and they have all their own individual apps and stuff like that. So, obviously, you know, with something yeah. like Bizu, um it sounds as if it's kind of creating a community with smaller Irish retailers who've never had that opportunity before, which sounds incredible. But if you're looking at the business from kind of a more global aspect, like what's the what's the plan for the future? Is it to bring this out to a, a global market? And how is it going to stand up when, like I said, you know, it's competing against some of the bigger, um, massive kind of retailers who, who have their own individual yeah. apps? Yeah, so that's a great question. And we are, we like our aspirations are to roll out globally. They've kind of been forced, well, not on pause, but they've been slowed down massively from the coronavirus because obviously mm. we can't have salespeople going out in the road and all that. Of course. Um, but basically what it will mean for the, so for taking Ireland as an example, is obviously just the only company that we're, or the only country we're live in at the moment, is it means it will like open up their potential customer pool to the whole world. You know, and the, the, the opportunity of for a small retailer uh, to go online, like to not take that opportunity is a massive missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. And as you said, like these big kind of online giants, they have massive marketing budgets that obviously a local retailer cannot compete with. But we have very big marketing budgets and we're putting it all into Bizu. So we're driving huge amounts of app downloads to the site. Like since last Friday, we've gotten 16,000 
um, Afghan notes, which is just like mind boggling. Yeah. Uh, so this it's is massive. Yeah. people. Yeah, that like these retailers would have never been exposed to before. Um, and like people, like we are getting retailers in like the north of Ireland saying that they're getting sales down in Kerry. Like, and like because these people, these retailers, they don't have websites, like they would only usually sell to people who either know their store or happen upon them, like if they're walking past them on the street. And then when we do roll out globally, so basically the whole premise of the app is to promote one shopping local and uh, two independent retail. So if I'm in Berlin, for example, I'm on the app and I type in black dress, I will get shown um, local retailers around my geographical area that sell black dresses. But if, say, for example, I'm not, uh, I I don't like any of the dresses that they show me and I keep scrolling, uh, then I will start to discover other boutiques that are in the app. So there's a whole community side to the app as well, where it's almost like Instagram, where each boutique and each user um, and indeed like fashion influencers and things like that, they all have their own profile. Uh, so the retailers actually will use Bizu uh, the same way that they would use Instagram. So the more yeah. they post content and the more engaging and beautiful the content is, the more likely they're to be discovered by this huge pool of potential new customers that was was never available to them. Um, yeah, so it's kind and of I mean, the same I, as Instagram in that sense. And I think it's important to note as well that, I mean, like I kind of touched on earlier when it comes to people spending their money and people um, making the decision to kind of support Irish and support, you know, local businesses, which, which people I think have really, like, you can really see how much that has opened up over the last few weeks. Like there is a massive sense of trying to help those retailers and independent businesses that had to close their doors. So I suppose I kind of wanted you to explain a little bit about, um, I know that one of the reasons it was created was to kind of put cash that is spent on fashion, like back into the real communities. And I suppose breaking that down for some people who don't understand, like, like me, for example, before I was kind of learning about this. So for example, like every hundred euro that's spent in a local store, you know, 68 of that goes back into the local economy. So, I mean, that's, that's massive in terms of people actually understanding, okay, well, if you choose an app like this to buy your clothes, it really is actually making an impact and a bit of a difference. And you can kind of, you know, Sometimes you get a bit of a guilt when you buy something online, but that that's not really oh associated God, yeah. here because you are no, helping, no. I suppose, and as well. Totally. And like, even before the coronavirus hit, like I'm sure you know yourself, like it has been seeping into the fashion industry, like for the past few years, this kind of guilt, as we call it. And like, yeah. it's something that I have been, you know, kind of been interested in or getting more interested in I suppose like in the past year and like I'd be harping on about it in the office and then like if I did get like a delivery from ASOS or whatever I'd nearly be hiding the package in the office I know People would be like aren't you saying that you and like the thing is is that like fast fashion is never going to end and like we're not saying don't ever buy fast fashion ever again. Like obviously people are still going to buy it, but for those people who want to make, uh, you know, a certain proportion of their sh- of their shopping choices um, with independent retailers, that Bizu is a really easy way that they can do that. And like you said, like the the whole the whole idea of shopping local and the money going back into the pockets of um, of real business owners is so powerful. Like as you said last weekend I I bought a few dresses on the app myself and literally just there before I, I jumped on this call the business owner of the boutique uh, Mandy so it's called Crave Boutique I bought two things with her and she rang me up this morning and she was like 
I see that you bought a cardigan with us. Um, what size are you? And she's like, how big are your boobs? And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm telling her all this, like, really. Pr-. And she's like, well, I actually, you've ordered it in the medium, and I actually think you should order it in a small. And then after it, she sent me a video of her wearing it so I could get a sense of the size of it. And, like, I changed my order, like, you know, oh my God. rather than, like. That's customer yeah, service like, if ever I've seen it. I know. And I, and I, she was like, thank you so much. And all the other packages I've gotten, they come with, like, handwritten notes. And they're like, thank you so much. And it, it, you just have this connection with the business owner, and you're just like, God, I actually cannot believe that I didn't put more of a focus on this previously. Like, I actually yeah. think the whole way people shop is going to completely change. And like, even the dresses I got from from last weekend, like I try them on, and like the, the typically the type of clothes that independent boutiques have, like they're a higher price point, but they're much higher quality. You know, like I was putting on the dresses, and like you know when you can feel almost like more uh, fabric, and you're like this just feels like a good quality. Uh, dress as opposed Absolutely. to like one that you buy on like a fast fashion thing where you're like I'm going to wear that like once or twice like and it'll be yeah. gone in the wash you know just not the same I mean and, that, yeah, and that's the thing we were talking and um, we had a, a financial planner on last week Owen McGee and he he kind of told us some well he told me something that's definitely sticking with me it's the kind of 72 hour mm-hmm. rule of if you really want to buy something kind of go away think about it for 72 hours if you want to go back and, and you still really want to buy it then you probably wanted that in the first place and it wasn't some marketing yeah. or something being shoved down your throat and I, I just what you said there really kind of resonated with that because it's about it's about the quality of the product that you're buying and I suppose in terms of some of the retailers and a lot of our listeners as well, like they're very much into sustainable brands at the moment and kind of really making sure they're spending on the right thing. So just, I'm going to like just rattle off a few. I know that there's some really great retailers that are on Bizu, like Place in Wexford, Anna in Sligo, Oh By Gum, love that name, in Galway as well. Like these, there (laughs) is those brands and and the sustainable products there if people really want to, um, you know, shop that way too, right? Oh, yeah, completely. Like the whole premise of BC in the fact that you are giving money back to local communities, as you said earlier on, is uh, sustainable. But we do have retailers, yeah. like you said, a few of them, Fishers is another one and Fresh Cuts is another one who are like yes. very much focused on uh, sustainability and have like the most amazing brands. Like one that you mentioned there, Place Boutique, the owner of that I know is like really embodies sustainability in every sense of the word. She actually has like 10, um, 10 commandments to, to conscious creative change. Um, wow. She like has all these different things on the site. Like there really are some amazing um amazing sustainable brands um, within the app, which is, which is fab. Like, and just something you said there about, you know, every, there definitely is a, a big shift in the way people are shopping now. I think they're shopping like more smartly and more yeah. independently. And this whole concept of like independence is something that it keeps coming through in like all of the, all of our advertising. It just keeps coming up. This is the fact that it's, it's independent retail, but also, like the the kind of fashion that people are choosing and the way that people are choosing to dress now is so much more independent. And it's for like a, a number of reasons. Like if you, if you consistently follow like fast fashion trends, that's not sustainable because they change so often that you have to keep buying new stuff, you know? Yeah. And like, if you invest in like a core piece that like mightn't be, you know, the 
statement white polka dot dress that Zara had last last year. Mm-hmm. But if you invest in something that's much more independent, like that's gonna like outlast whatever style trend you might have been following before. And that's sustainable. You know, things like durability, like you said, like if you invest in a really high quality piece that's going to last you, like that's sustainable. And, and just to your point there about uh, what you were saying about um, keeping something in your shopping bag over 72 hours. I heard, mm. I heard one recently that said, if you buy something in order for it to be sustainable, because like theoretically you could buy something from a fast fashion giant. In order for that to be sustainable, you need to wear it 30 times. And no one yeah. does that, like, because they're so no. flimsy and, you know, they just, it, they, and they buy a big they bag of stuff apart, and don't wear yeah. half of it. Um, mm. So, like, it's, that's not the case with the kind of stuff that we have in the app. Like, it's all really good quality stuff. And, like, you actually feel good when you get it because you're like, I've given yeah. money to someone who's struggling at the moment. And even when we come out of this, like, I've given someone, I've given the money to someone who's poured their heart and soul into their shop and, like, spoken to these retailers like and they genuinely do they know all their stock inside out if you come in they'll dress you head to toe like they are so into it yeah um, and you've bought a beautiful piece of clothing like it's just like a really nice experience all around like well I'm definitely going to be downloading the app and I swear Lauren if I don't get a phone call from somebody asking me what size my <laughs> boobs are I might be I might be a little bit disappointed but um from everything that you said there it sounds it sounds like it really is a really enjoyable experience and look it's something that yeah. I mean like so much, so much of our audience, you know, we're obsessed with fashion. And the thing is, I feel like sometimes as women, we are made to feel slightly guilty if we're not doing things in a certain way, but like, it's up to everybody to make their own decision. And this way, you know, you're helping Irish businesses, you're helping retailers. And also, you know, there's a chance that you're going to get something that's really unique and that's really special to you that you can keep for years ahead. So, I mean, ticks all my boxes anyway. So how can people, (laughs) you know, how can they get it and how can they download it and, and just in case anybody's listened to us and saying I need to get Bizu right now tell us a little bit about where it's available <laughs> so we have so it's an app on your phone obviously and it's, mm-hmm. uh, so it's spelled B-E-Z-Z-U so it's available the app is available on Android and iOS at the moment and it's completely free like we'll never charge for anybody to download the app yeah and um, at the moment, we have women's wear, men's wear, kids wear, and homeware. So you can go in and search the filters there, or we have this thing called Map View. So if you download the app and you just click Map View, it's actually such a deadly feature. You go in and you can search like around the whole of Ireland, but you'll be able to search worldwide once we do roll out globally. Yeah. And you just zoom in on the area and you can see, like most people just go straight to their local town. They're like, oh my God, you know, Friday's boutique is up there. And uh, yeah. you, can, you can either shop it online in the app there or you can find or go on in. that you never yeah so like a good one is like if say like you're going to London or you're going like to Amsterdam or something like and you're like oh I might want to like look at some boutiques around there or if you need something when you're in a foreign location you just go into the Matthew and you can see what uh, boutiques are around you and you can even see what's in there before, before you go in which is Oh, you're just making me you're making me so excited about just leaving my apartment as well so, so exciting Lauren Murphy I know. when you're in Amsterdam I know I'm just like oh I need to get there it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you Lauren Murphy thank you so much for, for teaching us about it and uh, I'm literally about to download it right now so um, thank, thank you so, you so much, much. bye that was Lauren Murphy there. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Yeah, an incredible. It just sounds so incredible. I've downloaded it. Like I said, there, I was going to download it straight away, and highly recommend it. It has 
men's fashion, women's fashion, homeware, kids, and just an incredible way to kind of give back to Irish retailers at the moment and small boutiques that really do need business. So you feel better about your purchases as well. Right. Like I said, we're talking about robots today. I've never spoken about robots or cobots on this show before. Um, the, the reason why I kind of wanted to talk about it is lots of people are talking about upskilling at the moment. And I suppose when you think about robots, you know, you think about what we've been taught about them in the movies. We think about them taking over our jobs, you know, for generations. That's what we've been shown in movies. Um, that's literally the exact opposite of what we're going to be uh, talking about today. So Samantha Cummins-Byrne is the Irish business lead for Universal Robots. I had a chat with her earlier on today and uh, yeah, she taught me a lot and basically Bicentennial Man could not happen. So I'm joined now on the line by Samantha Cummins-Byrne, who is the Irish business lead with Universal Robots. So Samantha, before we kind of get into everything, I, I do have to admit that my knowledge of robots and cobots, because that's what we're talking about today, um, is is quite limited. And I hope that that doesn't um, alienate me from this conversation. But uh, yeah, like a lot of my robot knowledge comes from crying at Bicentennial Man and Tamagotchis. But obviously we've moved on from that, which is fantastic. Um, yes, we definitely have. Would you bring me back to my youth there? <laughs> this about is it. And I, Tamagotchis, yeah. Some ill-fated Tamagotchis, actually. I didn't treat them very well. Um, but uh, can you tell me a little bit first about Universal Robots and how you began working in the industry before we get into this. Can, yeah. Uh, I suppose uh, Universal Robots, they're based out of Denmark. They are uh, a Danish company that's created by three guys that uh, were in a university and had to do a, a project in their final year. And uh, they decided to base their, I suppose, their, their whole thesis and uh, in and around this uh, manufacturing um, industry over there where they were looking at why why are they not using automation as much because if you if you look to Denmark it's very much it's food it's fisheries mm. and small businesses and they don't have kind of large manufacturing and uh, there was uh, almost a nearly a lack of um, smaller companies using automation and uh, it turns out uh, you know when they did this um, uh, kind of investigation that in actual fact, people were saying because they, they, they couldn't afford it, uh, because large industrial robots were not flexible for their smaller businesses. But one of the biggest things, I suppose, was affordability. Um, and, uh, of course, the fear that they wouldn't be able to, to use these robots. Um, so, so these kind of three guys uh, put their head together and have a light bulb moment where they said, maybe this is something that we can uh, we can create. And, and they found a niche in the market. And... Um, it's, it's kind of the rest is, is history, really. They they developed the collaborative robot um, in a in a very small uh, lab over in a, a testing lab over in the university, um, kind of almost in the under the cover of darkness as such, and mm. uh, and uh, were able to get some investment uh, along the way, which led to the, the creation creation of the very first prototype. I suppose, like. In the, in the current environment and what we're all dealing with now is very different than what we were all dealing with, you know, two months ago. So there's a huge amount of emphasis now on the ways in which workplaces are adapting to this global pandemic that's happening. And also upskilling is something that's really, you know, yeah. um, a word that is, you know, it's always been there and it's always been relevant, but people are definitely looking at what they can do. And also, you know, I mean, no offense to anybody that that is in the robotics industry, but 
you know, robots and cobots over the years, especially from Hollywood's point of view, have always been painted as the things that are going to take all of our jobs. So at the moment, a lot of yeah. people are very concerned about, you know, jobs and their position. And automation is something that obviously is 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 crucial to a lot of workforces at the moment. But you know, are robots going to steal all of our jobs in 2020? <laughs> Can you tell us that? <laughs> to be honest, you know what? Look, it's it's a question that I get asked so all the time. I'm sure. I yeah. re- I really do. Uh, it, to be honest, like it's it, it's it almost nearly comes hand in hand now. Mm. And even there's a fear factor within some of the companies that take on the robots as to how they approach uh, the staff. You know, and 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 they're they're almost fearful in a way that the staff are going to start to get worried and and feel like their their jobs are going to go. But, if, if I'm really honest, we actually find there's an uptake in jobs when we put these robots in. If you look at the bigger picture for us, robots and, and, and the other technologies that are there uh, actually create more jobs than they displace. Samantha, we're just, we just switched you there to another phone line because in radio and podcasting land, we don't call them robots because they're very badly behaved gremlins that run around sometimes and mess with our technology. So um, we switched you over to a phone line there. But you were, you were explaining there kind of the misconceptions that uh, surround, you know, uh, robots in the workplace and, and things like that. And I suppose just kind of going back to what we were speaking about earlier, you know, and what people know of when it comes to automation within industry and robots in particular, you know, they have been around for years and years and um, used behind the scenes. A lot of the times people don't even know that they're being used, but they are massive. And so can you kind of explain to us and for people who wouldn't understand as much the difference between cobots and robots? Uh, certainly. So a cobot is a collaborative robot um, and it's, main purpose really uh, compared to traditional robots would be that it works alongside humans or in direct contact uh, or interaction with humans. Uh, That's the the biggest, I suppose, difference. When you look at uh, traditionally kind of the larger uh, robots that we would have had, you know, there's an awful lot of differences between both. And I suppose the the main one is when you look at uh, larger robots is that they can't really work. They have to be caged. They can't really work like safely along uh, alongside um, mm. humans, uh, it, there will always be a need for industrial robots, and, and I, 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 that is another misconception. Sometimes when when uh, people hear about cobots coming in or, or robots coming in, factories will always need, or companies, you know, larger companies will always need uh, or, or see the need for large industrial robots because they have a faster, um, you know, they have faster movement. And also as well, like quantity-wise, they could do an awful lot more, um, I suppose, because they can be faster, because they're bigger, because yeah. they're stronger. They can lift. I mean, some, some industrial robots can lift a car, you know, yeah. whereas we're talking about cobots, the, the largest that there's currently that we can lift is a 16 kg uh, payload. And that's including whatever in-the-varm tool that you have on it as well. And that's because it needs to be safe. It needs to keep between uh, the safety guidelines that, uh, that, that we are certified to. And that's not... Um, an internal certification, but that is uh, a global certification by TUV Nord. And um, so so there is, I suppose, the main difference is that we have flexibility. Mm. When, you, when you talk about collaborative robot, it works alongside humans, which is, the, uh, I suppose, the main, the main one, really, whereas you don't see that with the traditional robot. And, of course, it's affordable. Compared yeah. to some of the and it's and and then the ease of programming. So when you look at again traditional robots, um, you need to be specialised. To be honest, you need to be specialised in in uh, robotics programming or even 
the programme specifically for that robot will not be the same for a lot of the uh, the other robots. And it's the same with collaborative robots, but the programming is easier. It's easier to understand. It's done so that, like, my son is 10 and my son plays and programmes the robot that I have at home. Yeah. You know, so so this, this is the space, This whereas if you were to look at uh, traditional robots, I mean, let's be honest, you, you need to be and have a certain skill to be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I suppose, you know, speaking of skills, we, we were talking there about, you know, upskilling. And I think what's something that's really interesting that's happening at the moment is that, you know, your company, Universal Robots, they've, um, you've unveiled a free suite of online resources so that, um, and they're there to kind of educate Irish businesses on how automation can support business operations at the moment. And I suppose, you know, for anybody who doesn't know about, you know, what that would look like or how it could impact on their business, can you explain that to us a little bit more about what these resources could actually do to help companies who are struggling at the moment in, in the current climate? Do you know what? There's there's a, there's a couple of different reasons why uh, we're doing it. One, look, we have the time now to put all our efforts into, you know, we're getting all, all of our kind of colleagues around the table and, and getting all our kind of knowledge base together because we have a little bit more time to be able to do that. In actual fact, we're probably busier now than we ever were, if that yeah. makes sense, because we're taking on the online meetings, we're, we're making webinars, we're uh, also as well trying to uh, correlate an awful lot of information and case studies and, uh, and and find out from each other as well. Like Because we're a worldwide company, we're finding out globally all of the different applications that maybe we wouldn't have looked at ourselves in our own countries. And, and we're putting all that information uh, or trying to put all that information together, but not to keep it to ourselves. The point is that we want actually to, to let it out there and to give it to other people to show them um, that, you know, there, there's a demand not just in Ireland, but globally uh, to improve productivity, to yeah. lower costs, uh, you know, for, for product innovation and, and really to personalise products. And, and, you know, manufacturers, whether COVID-19 is here or not, they're so busy that sometimes they don't actually have the time to stop and, and think, you know, how can I better that? And even if they know they need to, they may not have the resources or the time uh, to be able to say, like, if I if I tweak it like this or if I, you know, put a robot maybe at this cell, could I move those two people that were doing that job to something else, which would increase productivity? So we're, yeah. we're finding uh, at the very start of this, a lot of customers were kind of ringing us, asking us a lot of questions. And we said, you know, maybe we should be, you know, doing this a little bit more on, on, on a larger scale where we can help a lot of people and show a lot of people that these options are there. So even if you have a small business, that actually you could be in control, you could actually uh, use a collaborative robot within your own small business and you could be you could take on total ownership of it. You could be the one that's in control of it. And all with a little bit of online training, some help from us, watching our webinars and then if you want to take the next step there's a two-day training that you could do uh, obviously when all this uh, COVID-19 is over. And it's interesting you said there like it's not about replacing and I feel like you know because it is a common misconception it's important to hammer that home it's not about uh, replacing individuals and humans it's more so about the placement and the levels of productivity that you know we can see from them if there are robots and cobots there helping them in other aspects that would have bogged them down, for example. I mean, and I mean, it's funny, we were, we were speaking to somebody earlier in the show, um, you know, speaking of services and business and kind of the changing landscape when it comes to a retail point of view. Um, it's a, a fashion retail app that we were speaking with earlier. And I suppose like from your industry and your point of view, 
looking beyond the coronavirus and looking what's going to happen after COVID-19, like you said, you're, you guys are probably a little bit busier than you've ever been before in terms of this. How much do you think the entire landscape of, of business is going to change once all of this is over? I mean, because, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people who are now working from home who, you know, the whole process of going into work and moving to get to a workplace has just been eliminated now. Yeah, uh, I mean, th- there's always going to be need for people to go in uh, and to be in on site. But I-, I do think myself that a lot of companies may uh, start to look at, you know, uh, could people work, you know, one day a week or, 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 or certain times at home or do certain tasks at home. Uh, let's be honest, if, if you could do something like that, wouldn't it be incredible for your mental health, actually, yeah. if you could get more people not travelling in and out every day to work for those jobs that can be done at home wouldn't it be great even if it was only one day a week that you could say look I don't have the two or three hour commute um, because mm. remember a lot of people are travelling that distance stuck in traffic uh, I myself I, I suppose the nature of my job is that I'm always travelling anyway uh, but I work one day a week from home and to be honest it, it's it's a pleasure really because I'm up in the morning and when I start work I'm straight there I'm into it straight away so I'm actually more yeah. I'm very productive on the day that I work from home um, which is great but it, it is it, it's an interesting one I don't really think anybody will know until you know until it, it six yeah. or eight exactly yeah, six or eight months on from all of this but I do think companies will start to re- re-evaluate and re-look and, uh, and I suppose reassess the, the way yeah. things are done um, well I mean it's going to have to do in, for a long time to come I think Definitely. And there's some incredible, you know, uh, online resources that your company, Universal Robots, is offering people. So, I mean, for anybody who's listening who has that misconception or or who is feeling the fear, I suppose, at the moment of being replaced, this isn't necessarily to do with robots or cobots or anything like that. It's actually just the general fear that's happening in the workplace at the moment. But I mean, it's good. It's good to educate yourself on the ways in which industries are progressing, I think, anyway. So even if you're working in an industry that has nothing to do with robots I think it's good to kind of learn a little bit about what's happening in that industry and to potentially not look to Hollywood when it comes to the understanding of what automation is when it comes to business right I mean that's fair I think so to be honest I I spoke with um, a lecturer in in Watford uh, IT last week and uh, we were having a a good old chat as uh, Irish people do you know and uh, we were talking about I have a teenager and leaving cert and uh, she's a teenager and leaving cert and as the conversation went on I was just kind of saying sometimes that you know their time obviously they're doing an awful lot of study now trying to you know and there was all that uncertainty around the leaving cert but Still, I have a lot of parents that I've been talking to where they have kids in fourth, fifth, sixth year that are doing some of their studies, but trying to occupy them in another way. So I was recommended, go on and ask them, I said, to go on and do the academy. I said, it's free, it's online. And it's something that no matter where they stand, at a, whether it's kind of a part-time job or whether it's after college, but to put down that, you know, I have a, a certificate in collaborative robots, even though it's only the basic and it's, it's the academy version, but it's still it's still an online certificate, so it's something to be proud of. When you complete that and you get your certificate from Universal Robots, you can almost be patting yourself on the back saying, "I did that." So yeah. it's something to be able to achieve in this time of, you know, everybody's, you know, we're all, including myself, we're worried about our families and our friends and our, our jobs and our and, and all those things. But it, it does give you a little bit of sense of achievement when you complete these things, and because it's such a and easy, uh, I suppose, in short, it's eight or nine modules of it. You can stop and start it, and you get your certificate at the end. I'm even telling uh, students 
and, and parents that I know, ask your kids to do it. Ask your kids yeah. to go on and do it. And, and at the end, they have achieved something and they come out of, of all of this uh, you know, uh, it shouldn't really feel like a, an extra study lesson. It should feel like something fun and that you'd be able to say, like, I, I was able to do that. Absolutely. And it's such an, an interesting talking point as well. Like I said, you know, a lot of people um, wouldn't have a huge amount of knowledge when it comes to that kind of thing. So a really interesting thing to to learn about. I, I, I should probably brush up on it a little bit because... Um, <laughs> Because obviously, as I mentioned earlier, you know, my my knowledge starts and stops with Bicentennial Man. Have you watched that movie, by the way? Have you? No, I haven't. No. Oh, no, no, uh... You have to watch it. The robot at the end. I cry every single time. I don't want to give it away, but basically, right, okay. this, these are not the types of robots that you'll be uh, learning about if you go on to the Universal Robots to get um, that certificate. But, but it's a great okay. movie, though. It's a great movie and it makes you think differently about robots, which is what we're all trying right. to do here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, my my my, um, my movie memory of robots was um, uh, oh, what was the guy you said? Robocop. The one with, oh, <laughs> Robocop. Okay, yeah, he was pretty terrifying. As well. And then there was the um, Will Smith one. Was that AI, artificial intelligence, where the robots yes, take over? That's right. Terrifying yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. different type of robot, different type of cobot. We won't. Uh, yeah, yeah. We won't let. No, I mean, no, I think to be honest, look, AI and, and and robotics and all that. I mean, the future. It is the future, you know. And and automation. And if you talk about like the tagline or the punchline, automation is here, you know. And it's not going away. And it's going to be here for you know forever. If anything, it's just all it's going to do is just improve, improve. And uh, we're going to see an awful lot of companies and a lot, as we're already doing, changing, whether it's, um, you know, because look look at laptops and stuff, you know, what we could have done years ago, what we can do now, everything was yeah. written or handwritten or kept, you know, even accounting books, I studied, studied accounting myself. So everything was all handwritten into ledgers and like the days of that are gone. So when people hear robots, they don't actually think this is a collective this is mm. this is technology. This isn't just robotics. This is technology in general. This is you know we start at, we have we have a point where where we were uh, you know whether it's a hundred years ago a thousand years ago and we we've evolved and, and this yeah. this technology platform is going to evolve and it's going to keep getting better and better and better. Don't get me wrong. There's some parts of technology that maybe we can be scared of or that we can you know we, when you talk about wars and all that sort of stuff all that te- technology that they're kind of, you know, working on there. Maybe we don't want to be kind of known too much about that. But where we're talking about day-to-day living, it can only really better us, can't it? You know, and the the key to that is to to upskill on it. Even down to talk about your own parents or grandparents using mobile phones for, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen my parents in a good few weeks now. But Mm. we're able to, with the kids, sit down and do... Um, you know, we have Zoom and we have FaceTime and we have Messenger and all all of those things that, that really my parents had to learn how to use in a very short space of time. Um, so it's 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 a good thing that it was there, and and these can only really you know give us better. I think uh, it can offer us and it was better whether it's home life or for for kids for school or uh, industries. Um, and yeah. it, it can only really better us. You know, the demand is there for it anyway. 
Absolutely. Fascinating stuff, Samantha. And it's Universal Robots. We're going to put all the information in the description box. So for any of our listeners and our audience who want to go, and I, I really would implore people to go and check out some of the, the online resources that are there. Uh, they're free. And, you know, if anything, we should all be utilizing this time as best we can. So uh, yeah. a good yeah. a good area, of course, to just upskill and to learn. Because as you said, you know, it's it's here, it's not going away and it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep yeah. on going. Yeah. So the more we know about it, the better. Exactly. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you Samantha thank you so thanks much for joining much. us thanks for the call Neither. appreciate it thanks a million for your time talk to you soon so there you have it, fashion and robots. You can't fault us for bringing you different things every week. Samantha Cummins-Byrne and Lauren Murphy, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys learned something this week. I certainly learned a lot. And yeah, have a great one. We'll be back next week. <laughs>